many times have you ever said to your mum or your dad or maybe to a brother or a sister, that's not fair? I bet you said those words quite a few times. I know I used to do that when I was a little girl. I wonder, do you know another word for something that is not fair? Yes, an injustice. Hello everyone, I'm Kathleen Pelly. Welcome to Journey with Story. Today's story is an old folktale from Ethiopia in Africa. And it's all about a young boy who suffers a terrible injustice at the hands of his rich master. Before I begin, can you make sure a mum or a dad or a grown-up is around? Because I've got some exciting news. Ready? This month, Journey with Story is going to be celebrating its 100th episode. Yes, you heard me. 100th episode. And as part of our celebration, we're going to have a raffle. The grand prize winner will receive three of my published books signed and dedicated to them. And there'll be a mix of other exciting prizes. Journey with Story coloring book, Journey with Story stickers... To enter the raffle, all you have to do is either subscribe to the podcast and write a review or follow me on Instagram and send me in a photo of a child's drawing from their favourite Journey with Story episode. You can find all the details on how to enter in this episode description or go to the Journey with Story website at www.journeywithstory.com. The deadline date is August the 20th. And we'll be announcing the lucky winners on our 100th episode on August the 27th. Oh, and there's more. As part of our celebration, you can listen and watch me live on Instagram reading one of my own published picture books. Which one, you ask? You'll have to wait and see. This episode is dedicated to Samira, who lives in India. She sent me five of her drawings. Yes, five. Thank you, Samira. How I loved seeing drawings from Androcles and the Lion, Lions and Squares, the Giant King, and it could always be worse. Three cheers for Samira. Now, let's take a journey with Fire on the Mountain. People say that in the old days in the city of Addis Ababa, there was a young man by the name of Arha. He had come as a boy from the country of Gurage, and in the city he became the servant of a rich merchant, Haptom Hasai. Haptom Hasai was so rich that he owned everything that money could buy, and often he was very bored because he had tired of everything he knew, and there was nothing new for him to do. One cold night, when the damp wind was blowing across the plateau, Haptom called to Ara to bring wood for the fire. When Ara was finished, Haptom began to talk. How much cold can a man stand, he said, speaking at first to himself. I wonder if it would be possible for a man to stand on the highest peak, Mount Sulalta, where the coldest winds blow through an entire night without blankets or clothing and yet not die? I don't know, Arha said, but wouldn't it be a foolish thing? Perhaps if he had nothing to gain by it, it would be a foolish thing to spend the night that way, Haptum said. But I would be willing to bet that a man couldn't do it. 
I am sure a courageous man could stand naked on Mount Sulalta throughout an entire night and not die of it, Arha said. But as for me, it isn't my affair since I have nothing to bet. Well, I'll tell you what, Hapsom said. Since you are so sure it can be done, I'll make a bet with you anyway. If you can stand among the rocks on Mount Solalta for an entire night without food or water or clothing or blankets or fire and not die of it, then I will give you ten acres of good farmland for your own with a house and cattle. Arha could hardly believe what he had heard. Do you really mean this? he asked. I am a man of my word, Haptum replied. Then tomorrow night I will do it, Arha said, and afterwards, for all the years to come, I shall farm my own soil. But he was very worried, because the wind swept bitterly across that peak. So in the morning, Arha went to a wise old man from the Guragi tribe and told him of the bet he had made. The old man listened quietly and thoughtfully, and when Arha had finished, he said, I will help you. Across the valley from the Sulalta is a high rock, which can be seen in the daytime. Tomorrow night, as the sun goes down, I shall build a fire there, so that it can be seen from where you stand on the peak. All night long, you must watch the light of my fire. Do not close your eyes or let the darkness creep upon you. As you watch my fire, think of its warmth and think of me, your friend, sitting there tending it for you. If you do this... You will survive, no matter how bitter the night wind. Arha thanked the old man warmly and went back to Haptum's house with a light heart. He told Haptum he was ready. And in the afternoon, Haptum sent him under the watchful eyes of other servants to the top of Mount Sulalta. There, as night fell, Arha removed his clothes and stood in the damp, cold wind that swept across the plateau with the setting sun. Across the valley, several miles away, Arha saw the light of his friend's fire, which shone like a star in the blackness. The wind turned colder and seemed to pass through his flesh and chill his bones. The rock on which he stood felt like ice. Each hour the cold numbed him more until he thought he would never be warm again. But he kept his eyes upon the twinkling light across the valley and he remembered that his old friend sat there tending a fire for him. Sometimes wisps of fog blotted out the light and then he strained to see until the fog passed. He sneezed and coughed and shivered and began to feel ill. Yet all night through he stood there and only when the dawn came did he put on his clothes and go down the mountain back to Addis Ababa. Haptum was very surprised to see Arha and he questions his servants thoroughly. Did he stay all night without food or drink or blankets or clothing? Yes, his servant said. He did all of these things. Well, you are a strong fellow, Haptum said to Arha. How did you manage to do it? I simply watched the light of a fire on a distant hill, Arha said. What? You watched a fire? Then you lose the bet. And you are still my servant and you own no land. But this fire was not close enough to warm me. It was far across the valley. I won't give you the land. Haptum said, you didn't fulfil the conditions. It was only the fire that saved you. Arha was very sad. He went again to his old friend of the Goragi tribe and told him what had happened. Take the matter to the judge, the old man advised. Arha went to the judge and complained and the judge sent for Haptum. 
When Haptum told him his story and the servant said once more that Arha had watched a distant fire across the valley, the judge said, No, you have lost, for Haptum Hassai's condition was that you must be without fire. Once more Arha went to his old friend with the sad news that he was doomed to the life of a servant, as though he had not gone through this ordeal on the mountain top. Do not give up hope, the old man said. More wisdom grows wild in the hills than in any city judge. He got up from where he sat and went to find a man named Hilo, in whose house he had been a servant when he was young. He explained to the good man about the bet between Haptum and Arha and asked if something couldn't be done. Do not worry about it, Hilo said after thinking for a while. I will take care of it. Some days later, Hilo sent invitations to many people in the city to come to a feast at his house. Haptum was among them, and so was the judge who had ruled that Arha had lost the bet. When the day of the feast arrived, the guests came riding on mules with fine trappings, their servants strung out behind them on foot. Haptum came with twenty servants, one of whom held a silk umbrella over his head to shade him from the sun, and four drummers played music that signified the great Haptum was there. The guests sat on soft rugs laid out for them and talked. From the kitchen came the odours of wonderful things to eat. Roast goat, roast corn and dara, pancakes called aniera, and many tantalising sauces. The smell of the food only accentuated the hunger of the guests. Time passed. The food should have been served, but they did not see it. Only smelled vapours that drifted from the kitchen. The evening came and still no food was served. The guests began to whisper among themselves. It was very curious that the Honourable Hilo had not had the food brought out. Still the smells came from the kitchen. At last one of the guests spoke out for all the others. Hilo, why do you do this to us? Why do you invite us to a feast and then serve us nothing? Why can't you smell the food? Hilo asked with surprise. Indeed we can, but smelling is not eating. There is no nourishment in it. And is there warmth in a fire so distant it can hardly be seen? Hilo asked. If Arha was warmed by the fire, he watched while standing on Mount Solalta. Then you have been fed by the smells coming from my kitchen. The people agreed with him. The judge now saw his mistake and Haptum was shamed. He thanked Hailu for his advice and announced that Arha was then and there the owner of the land, the house and the cattle. Then Hailu ordered the food brought in and the feast began. What did you think of the injustice Arha had to endure? It really was so unfair of Haptum to treat him that way, wasn't it? But so wonderful to see how this injustice was made right again. I don't know about you, but this kind of story inspires me to do my best to try and right the wrongs in the world, to try and settle those injustices, those things that are not fair. So, we are just a couple of episodes away from, yes, our 100th episode. And remember, we're planning some fun surprises. Be sure and stay tuned to find out what they are. Make sure you write your review or send in a drawing so you can be entered into our raffle 
for the chance to win some fabulous prizes. Cheerio then, join me next time for Journey with Story.